0: Welcome, everybody. Um, Good morning, good morning. Uh, As you can see, I'm not Randy Tabor. (laughs) Randy is out of town, and so um, we're going to just go on without him today. I think we can do it. We have a great guest speaker today, and um, we'll be introducing him in a little bit. So um, God bless each one of us here today. And those watching us at home, we welcome you as well. We praise you, Father, Son Jesus, and Holy Spirit. Fill us with your presence today, Lord. Open our minds and our hearts to your word. And uh, we have the prelude next. You would please stand, if you're able, for the prayer of petition and intercession. We praise you as the God of heaven and earth. We praise you as Jesus, the Son and our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence, and we thank you for answered prayer. We ask at this time, Lord, that you would be with Randy and Chris, and and provide them with travel mercies as they're up in Duluth. We pray for Hope, for Chris's brother, Scott, and for George Groves, among all the others. Let's take just a moment right now, and I want you to think about who you want to pray for personally, and I want you to listen to God for a moment. So let's have a moment of silence. Thank you, Lord, that not only do you listen to our prayer, but you act on it, you answer our prayer in the way that you know is best. We love you and we praise you for all this and more. Lord, we just ask that you would let your Holy Spirit work in us today and listen and talk to our soul, our spirit to learn what it is you have before us. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. And Mike, if you'd like to come forward for your moments with the laity. Good morning, brothers
1: and sisters. And uh, first, I'd like to say happy Mother's Day. And uh, my late sermon today is uh, kind of got a different title. It says, "Christian Suffering: Why." First thing we should consider is Luke chapter 18, verse 19. We know that God caused all things to work together for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. I hold tightly that promise, and so should you. We should realize that God causes all things to work for his good and our good. I think it could be summarized by saying God causes everything that happens to believers, both good and bad, so that they can become more like Jesus. No matter what goes wrong in our lives or your life, God will use that situation to refine you and me towards him. I hope this changes your hearts and attitude to make you more receptive to becoming more like Christ. When we overcome our trials and our problems in our lives, with and through Christ, we can give him the glory and become more effective to witness to others on his behalf everything happens for a purpose we often and probably shouldn't know why if we do if we knew too much we'd be dangerous <laughs> everything does and work for God's good even if we don't understand how or why we don't know what happens in every life after we come in contact with them. We don't know what they thought of our actions or our words. But we should always be try, we should always be trying to leave a godly impression on them. So both you and them draw closer to Jesus Christ and God. I thought about it, I thought, God never causes evil. He can't even be near it. It's not even in his presence. But I rest in the fact that all evil and injustice will eventually be judged by him. He gets no benefit from our suffering. He doesn't like to see us suffer. But he is powerful and all-knowing. So in every situation we're in, he does what's best for us. How we deal with that situation can and does make us become more like Jesus. When we face hard time or problems, it's it's not easy to feel, oh, God, you're, you're over this, you're in control. No, it's not easy to do that because we don't feel it. Thankfully, God didn't make our lives about feelings, or we'd make way more mistakes. Romans 8, 28, and 29 is so true. We should remember that verse and cling to his promise. Everything that happens to you in life, either good or bad, happens for his glory. Knowing that verse and keeping it in mind doesn't mean your suffering will stop. But with a larger perspective of becoming more like Jesus and growing closer to Father God, there is a hope and a purpose for it, for you and for the people that watch you deal with it and say how you speak about your issues. If we were all perfect like Christ, think about this. If we were all perfect, why would we need faith? More importantly, why would Jesus been tortured and died on a cross and bled for you? If you were perfect, that would be in vain. We're not perfect. We need Jesus, and we need God all the more. Without trials and problems, how would we even know our faith is genuine? God knows our faith is genuine, most importantly. But what what is important at a personal level is that we know our faith is genuine. Because when something bad happens to us, we go to him. We should every time. The story of Job is a great example. Probably one of the most negative examples in the Bible about how to respond to suffering and trials. Consider what happened to Job. He loved God and was given by God everything he had, his family, his cattle. He was all set. But you know what? God gave Satan permission to destroy everything Job had. That might seem distressing, might even give us a bother. Why, why would a loving God do that? I'll tell you why. Because God knew how Job would react, and how Job reacted is how we should react. Satan had destroyed everything Job had, and even killed his children. And on top of it all, he gave him an incredibly painful and serious disease. Despite being on the contrary, this seems to be God testing Job's faith. But it's not. Because God knew exactly how Job Job would react. Job exclaimed in chapter 1, verse 21 Blessed be the name of the Lord. God knew how it would end. And therefore, allow Job to persevere through it for the kingdom's sake. And when I say kingdom, I'm not just talking about there. I'm not talking about, oh, heaven, we're going to be there someday. No. The kingdom of God is right here in our hearts. Christ is with us here in our hearts and our spirit. So kingdom includes both me and you, or you and me, however you want to put it. (laughs) We are never alone in our suffering. We always, continuously, forever and ever, We'll have Jesus to lay on, to pray to, to lean on until we get home with him, and then there'll be no problems, no issues, no suffering ever for eternity. I hold fast to that promise. So have faith that God knows what you're going through, the purpose, the reason, and the end result of it. The end result is going to be you and I going home to him in the kingdom of heaven. So have faith that God knows the purpose of your problems and the reason and your end result, what comes of it with you for the sake of yourself and more importantly, all the people you come in contact with for his kingdom. God bless you all.
0: Mike, thanks for that valuable lesson. Much appreciated. At this time, we have the honor of having a Gideon speaker come in, and Mel Robertson is, is who we have today, and we're anxious to hear what he has to say. Welcome.
2: Well, I'm very happy to be here. Met Dr. Tabor some time ago. I was here a year and a half ago, roughly, and today he is in Duluth, for the baptizing of his granddaughter, Elsie. So he's having a wonderful day on Mother's Day. What more could we want? Now, those of you who are mothers, I want to think back for a moment to that. First time you realize you're going to be a mother. Wow. Some of the things we're pretty instinctive about, you know, caring for a newborn, holding the baby. We just know how to do that. But what really scared us is, what are we going to do when they learn how to walk? (laughs) I recall having protection on the first two feet of all the cabinets in the house. What about when they learn to drive? Likewise, scary. But being a parent was really a big deal. God is entrusting you with a life. How blessed is that. I remember having uh, leaving the hospital and thinking, do they know us? Is it legal just to walk out with this little munchkin? <laughs> do they know that we can hardly balance our checkbook? <laughs> and as you know, those times occur throughout your life. And it's, uh, you remember the first real illness, the first day of school, when they're stepping on that bus, it's like they're tearing the heart right out of you as a mother. When they go to college or tech school, you know, all those important pieces of their life, when they get married, then they announce, do you want to be grandma or nana? my wife chose Oma. Oma is German. We spent three years in Germany, and we didn't feel old enough to be called Grandma and Grandpa, so we are Oma and Opa. (laughs) My mother taught me logic. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. She taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. (laughs) She taught me genetics. You're just like your father. (laughs) I remember that one. And speaking of father, mom taught me anticipation. Just wait till your father gets home. Nothing ever happened. Hi, Dad. <laughs> and Mom taught us stamina. Well, you just sat there until that broccoli is all gone. The latest commercial says, well, Mom, I can sleep in this chair. <laughs> well, today is Mother's Day, and when families pay special tribute, to their moms in various ways. We take them to dinner, buy them gifts. Now if we look at the Bible, it does not describe mother as a superwoman. And so many things we think of as supermom, superman, super many things nowadays. But the Bible is clear in the teachings that the family is the foundation of society. You know, fathers are responsible in many ways, you know, which way the family goes and what the family does. And, but mom is the glue that holds the family together. This year during the pandemic, it's uh, been very difficult, to say the least. You know, it's uh, been a tough time in the couple's relationships. Some of them had to live together all the time no going off to work, it's a real test but at the same time you can grow together at that time. It's been revealed that parents are busy with activities, not only in their own life but now school at home, with the screens and those Zoom classes, made it especially difficult for moms. And if you look at research, which I did. Mother's Day is very different from last year, very different from last year. But at the same time, it tells us, do not lose the opportunity to preach the gospel, the word of God and how important it is. There's many examples, especially in this last year. We need to acknowledge non-moms in the opportunity that they may have had tried to have children but never had or been tried unsuccessfully. And some men, some moms lost children. A good friend of mine, it was their grandson. So sad, a six year old little boy died of cancer. For some reason the good Lord wanted him home. we have to celebrate all of our mothers. Remember to celebrate your own mom. Now, pray for moms at the end of the sermon, and usually you want to have the entire family remember moms and get together as, as much as you can. Moms worry too much emphasis on motherhood. But we all have mothers. We had mothers. Uh, Mine passed on to heaven about 26 years ago. But she was like 87 years old. So I think this March she would have been, uh, oh, let me think, about 118 years old. So every one of us had a mother, and you want to give thanks for your mother's living or deceased. Finally, you can representative give a representative offering. As a matter of fact, for the Olivet Church, I'm going to give money in respect of my mother. I remember her. <laughs> uh, this morning as I woke up, hmm, May 9th, I told my mom, Happy Mother's Day. We spell mother out, you can have with a M for the millions of things she gave us. Now not only what she gave us, but what she meant to us. So many lessons, so many things that she taught us in so many ways. O means only that she's growing old or or is old or was old. (laughs) T is for the teacher all of the wisdom she shared with me. H is for the heart of purest gold. There is nothing to compare to a mother's love. I know you all know what I mean. E is for her eyes, with a love light shining. But remember those looks? You could see in her eyes you were in trouble. R means right. She's right and she'll always be right. I share that with my wife now. Why do you always have to be right? (laughs) Put them all together, that spells mother. That's one of the most special days in all of the year. As a matter of fact, research tells us that More telephone calls are made on Mother's Day than any other time of the year. Hmm. Not hard to believe. Just thinking about what mothers did for us. They made us who we are. They led us to the good Lord. So if you haven't made that call yet, or woke up and thank your mom, mine's gone, long gone. Encourage you to make that phone call or say that prayer for mom. Now mothers, we think we should have some, some wages or some pay. What do we give mom? Give her affirmation. Affirmation that you appreciate her so many things that she has done. Give her affection. Give her that hug. Tell her, I love you, mom. Give her acknowledgment for all the things that she has done for you. Acknowledge that she is the mom, the best mom in the world. And give her attention. That's what the phone call is. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Her heart will flutter and give her appreciation. Appreciation is different from a firm affirmation or affection, but appreciate her for everything she has done. When I told Dr. Tabor I was going to be, I did some research. I've got some handouts here. And rather than reading a lot of scriptures, I mean, Mike did a marvelous job this morning. He did the scripture reading and explanation. Uh, Could you help me distribute these, Mike? So I did share with Dr. Tabor what I am distributing. And he he appreciated that I'm going to be doing a handout. This is about Mother's Day and scriptures that describe the importance of God-loving mothers. And there's so many items here, and I chose the five best segments of the Bible. And the first one is actually from the Old Testament. It's Exodus. We honor mothers as we encourage them by looking at mothers of Moses and her example of faith. You can read about Moses In 1 Samuel, the role of the mother, and this is Hannah, needs to be exalted to the high position God intended, explaining what Hannah did. There's 28 verses here. Psalms 22, lesson of a man struggling with doubt and despair who overcame that hopelessness by what his mother taught him. In Proverbs, there's lessons taught through the years by some very loving and God-fearing mothers that ever walked the earth. And in John 2, who was the most famous mother in history? Who do you think it was? Amen. I want to wrap up my presentation with a couple of words from the Gideons. And this is what Dr. Tabor originally invited us for. But at the same time, he has opportunities to be elsewhere at certain Sundays, and I love the opportunity. I told my wife that I'm a little, little concerned about doing a good job, and she just shook her head. Don't be silly. But at the same time, it's so good to be here. I said, I've got butterflies. If I keep them flying in formation, I was actually looking forward to being here. What a wonderful opportunity to spread the word of the Lord. And that's what the Gideons is all about. After I retired, a good friend of mine, well, he was chasing me for about 10 years to be a Gideon. And I said, Bob, I travel a lot. Uh, I was a a traveling trainer for Wells Fargo. So when I retire, come and talk to me. Well, two weeks before I retired, he pulls out the application for Gideon's and says, it takes a couple of weeks, Mal. Fill it out today. (laughs) I'm glad I did. You know, I've personally handed over about 500 New Testaments. And we take these to schools, and in my area is the north part of the Minneapolis and suburbs. It gives me a real sense of accomplishment, sharing the word of God. My real concern is that so many of them refused to take it. That's a sad thing. Why do we distribute the word of God? Well, Psalm 19, verse 7, tells us why. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. As you know, Gideon distributes Bibles and New Testament throughout the world. We have a hundred different languages. I never knew there were that many. There's a lot of different languages. Uh, we provide them in the hotel rooms around the world. And when my wife and I spent, uh, we went back to Germany to spend our 50th anniversary, a small little hotel, not a chain of any kind. But I opened up the stand next to the Bible, or excuse me, next to the bed. And there it was the Gideon Bible made my heart feel good to know we're around the world. I couldn't read it. It was in Deutsch, so I, I couldn't read it. But hotel rooms around the world, schools and universities, we distribute the New Testament, military personnel, and even there, we cannot go into Fort Snelling anymore for the new recruits. We have to find alternative ways to do that. People in hospitals and nursing homes, prisons and jails. So many cases that they find the Lord through the Testament. Oftentimes in a prison, (laughs) this is all they have to read. And quite often in the prisons, we give the full Bible. So, so many examples of people wanting to end it all. I won't share that many with you, but there are many examples where through the word of the Lord they have found true meaning. There are three ways you can help us today with the Gideon ministry. Number one is prayer. Think of us in prayer because there are so many ways the devil is working against us. Simple things where we cannot go to schools, we have to wait across the street. And a dozen times I'm there handing out New Testaments and somebody will drive by by and say, you're not supposed to be here. The Lord loves you. (laughs) So pray for us. There are so many forces against us in spreading the word of the Lord. Second way is to join us. Now my wife says, well, they won't let women join, but we do have an auxiliary, and so the women can join us. Being a Gideon for, well, just the last two years has been very rewarding, and I'm certainly glad I've done it. The third way is financial support, and you've found the Gideon brochures. I think everybody might have one. And there's ways you can donate through here. And at the end of the service, I'll have an offering plate waiting for your Gideon donation. But important, do not give the church donation to the Gideon ministry. You've got money budgeted for the church. Give that to the church. I recommend to give up those caramel lattes next week. Or, for people like me, I skip the two or three candy bars I have. <laughs> those, those are expensive nowadays. So, do not give the church donation. Give it a separate one for the Gideons. Another way is there are two Places out on the back near the front or the back entrance you've got the in memory cards in recognition cards you can provide a bible in their honor and you can fill out the envelope inside and provide funding for the Gideons so I told Dr. Tabor I appreciated having him with those cards in the back of the entranceway So after the church, I will answer questions you might have about joining the Gideons. And we appreciate your donations to help keep us distributing the Bibles. And I did like the one song we had today. And the gentleman that invited me to join the Gideons, in every letter he sends us, every memo, whatever, If it's an email or a letter, his final words are, to God be the glory. (laughs) And I took a picture of that in the hymnal today to show Bob, to God be the glory. Thank you so much.
0: We thank you so much for being here. We've been very blessed by your words today, and Mike is going to lead us in the offertory prayer.
1: Thank you. I'd like to make a quick note here before I, I, we read. What we give the church and the or and or the Gideons or anything we have in our life, we have one person to thank. Him. He gave you the resources and the materials you t- you used to get to church. He gave you the material to give to the church and the Gideons. Let's follow an offertory prayer. God of unimaginable love, we have known of your caring since we were babies in our mother's arms. We have been told the stories of your love, and we have sung songs about your love. These things bring us comfort. What challenges us is the command of Jesus, as I lo- have loved you, so you should love one another. Not just to we think as we do, pray as we do, and look the way that we do. Help us through our giving, our living, and our loving to live up to the challenge of loving you as you would have loved us. Love, loved us. In the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you. before we depart one another and our beloved church here, I think we should uh, thank God above for everything we have, what we've had, and yet even what we will have. Because God, you are the great provider, you are the great doctor, you will give us what we need. Not always what we want, (laughs) but what we need you will put in our grasp. And I want to thank you right now, Lord, that we had the resources to give to the church and the Gideons. I pray that we all stand in confidence that the the bridge between Christ and the person that you're in contact with might be you. Stand on that bridge. Make the claim and take it. In your holy name I pray, Jesus Christ, amen. amen.
3: just going to kind of, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Pre-Hagafen a, and Matzah. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives us his Son. Thank you, Heavenly Father God. Amen.
1: Forth and serve the Lord.